one of my cousins would always tell me, she'd say, you know, every challenge everyone is given in this world, if you put them all in a giant pile, you would still pick your own. <laughs> like you can look and see how, you know, it's really, it's rough. I'm not going to say I didn't sleep for about eight years getting up and checking my son's blood sugar every two hours all night. Um, but there are people who have things so much worse. And so I'm just, I'm grateful for my struggle in embracing that. Now it, it makes me a stronger person. And, and my headaches have went, you know, I, I rarely get a migraine now because I'm living empowered instead of feeling like I couldn't do anything about this. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Being Inspired Radio Show. My name is Amanda Johnson, your host, and I am back today with another couple of guests, actually. So if you are familiar with the show, I've had the luxury or the privilege or pleasure of speaking with a couple people at the same time already, and it's always wonderful to expand our circle a little bit in this space. And so you guys out there listening are really in for a treat today. These um, This couple swirled into my space recently, and I'm just as excited as you are to hear more about who they are, what they do, why they do what they do, because it's quite an adventure that they are on. So today I have Trina and John Gunzel with us. Along with their two children, Wyatt and Abby, they are traveling 50 states in 50 months. They are homeschooling their kids and working anywhere with a cell signal. The world is literally their classroom. High school sweethearts who have been married 22 years, John and Trina are personal business consultants helping people turn their challenges into success stories. They designed the free 50 Days of Success Challenge to help people stack daily wins and improve their life, health, and relationships. They have a new book out that includes all of the challenges along with a daily success journal. John and Trina, welcome to the show. Thanks, Amanda. It's great to be here. Thank you. Well, it is a delight to uh, get to speak with both of you, like I said, and, and you today, of course, I don't know where you'll be when people are actually listening to this episode, but today you are in the beautiful <laughs> state of Colorado, correct? That's right. And so how many states have you been to thus far? So far, we've been out on our trip for a little over two years, and we've done 29 states in that time. Amazing. That is so cool. So we're, of course, going to get into more about, you know, why it is that you're doing what you're doing, um, which is actually the first question I love to ask my guests because I've become, now that I've, I've had, boy, I mean, well, we're well over a hundred episodes on, on the show and, and I'm going to say more than 60 of those are probably with other people. And it's amazing to me with all these conversations I've had with people who have inspired me or who are living inspiring lives. I, I love to find out why we do what we do. And even though there could be some similarities or some themes to that answer, those, they, every answer is different and unique to the person, right? So that is how I'm going to open this show is by asking you this very simple yet not always easy question, uh, which why, why do you do what you do? Or in this case, if you want to be more specific, why are you on this trip? Why are you doing this trip right now? Well, I think it's a great question, Amanda, and I really appreciate the opportunity to share our story and, and why we made this decision. Um, about 11 years ago, my son, our son, was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes at the age of four years old, and it radically changed our world. Um, it devastated us financially. It tore up our business. 
uh, made it really tough on our marriage. And we began a journey at that point, um, searching for how we were going to make this world work. Um, if, if you're not familiar with it, type 1 diabetes is a disease that uh, affects juveniles um, and they are it's a lifelong sentence. They're, they're going to have it for the rest of their life and it's extremely expensive to families. Um, and so we had to step up our game. Uh, we knew we couldn't, we literally couldn't afford to work a normal job anymore. Um, we, we just couldn't make enough at an hourly wage to be able to afford all the medical care and insurance that we needed. So it was our first example of turning what could have been a disaster in our life or something that happened to us into instead something that happened for us. Mm. And Trina and I talked with each other and, and uh, one day we, we just came to the conclusion that the, the only reason that God would let this happen in our lives, the only reason this would happen to us was because he trusted us that we weren't just going to take it lying down. Mm. Um, and so we've worked really hard to create a business that allowed us to be home and take care of our son and, and our daughter and be together and be out on the road together um, so that we could show them and, and take advantage of, of as much of life as possible. We know that every day is a gift and we wanted to be out living life every single day. And uh, we, so we very intentionally made it happen that we decided to go on the road and spend this time together um, and enjoy our family together. Yeah. And we were, we were working at home. We had a huge 4,000 square foot house and six and a half acres, like our dream place. And we were working, helping people individually doing consulting work. And one day we just decided, you know what, as a family, there were a lot of things we still wanted to do with our kids before our son turns 18. And that was two years ago, why it just turned 15 now. And we decided that we made a big checklist as a family and literally went from idea to go full-time on the road in eight weeks. And so we have a lot of personal goals of helping people. And we just really felt prompted to inspire and help a lot more people see that no matter what life throws their way, those challenges can actually help them and they have a message to share and everybody's unique. So we're really doing a message of hope and inspiration and just making great memories on this trip. Yeah, no doubt. Wow. Well, thank you for sharing. (laughs) I mean, I'm already inspired and I love how it went from John, you shared that, you know, you, you had your first experience, if you will, at least in this phase of your life and on your journey 11 years ago with the diagnosis and taking that and saying, this could have felt like something that was happening to us. And instead, we're going to look at how it was happening for us. And that is to me, one of the major mindset or belief shifts we can have as humans that takes us out of our victim mentality and into a victor, right? And into this idea that there there is more to life than what meets the eye. And I love that you pointed that out. And and then of course, wow, in eight weeks, Trina, you guys went from like a, <laughs> an idea to doing it. So help, let's fill in that gap a little bit if, if you can. So 11 years ago, of course, there's the diagnosis and your world's turned upside down. And, and you said you were, you know, kind of working normal jobs, it sounds like, or, you know, you, um, at the time help fill in those gaps. So how did the last 10 years or nine years unravel? And and how did you get to this point now of being on the road for 50 months and um, wanting to take this from within the four walls of your home to, you know, to the rest of the country? You bet. Well, we, uh, Trina was a teacher in, in elementary education. Um, and I was a police officer, um, and when our son was diagnosed, like I say, we just didn't, we couldn't afford to 
handle his disease on those jobs. And so we sat down together and went, how can we make a lot more money in a hurry, but still with the purpose of serving people as much as possible. We wanted to help people and make a difference in the world. And so we actually ended up opening a photography studio um, in our small town of Payson, Arizona. It's in Northern Arizona. And we didn't know anything about photography and we knew even less about business at the time, (laughs) but we just had the prompting that this was what we were supposed to do in our life. And so we spent the next five or six years um, building up our photography studio. I went and got some amazing training in Chicago. Um, And then we just looked at what people needed and put our business together. And we ended up growing uh, one of the biggest and most successful photography studios in the country right there in northern Arizona. Um, And it was really a fantastic journey to go along. The only problem with it was by the time we got to the end where where we had really built the studio up well over six figures and and, uh, you know, having a very successful flow of customers, I realized that it really wasn't anything that I was in love with. I was doing it for the money. I was doing it for a job. I was doing it to provide, but I didn't love what I was doing. It didn't feel like it was in line with my purpose in life. I felt like I was made for more than that. And that's really the message that we have and that we spread is that we are made for more than struggle, than suffering, than um, you know, just putting our lives away so that we can earn money. And so that's when we really started to sit down and, and look at our life and go, okay, so if we're successful at this, and we've built a couple of other businesses since then uh, with the marriage consulting business, um, how how can we help people more to succeed where they can spend more time with their family, make more money so they can do the things they want to do and not have to have both parents out of the home all the time. Mm-hmm. So that's how we developed our business consulting um, and learn to teach people to make money from home. Um, and to do that, we first had to solve it ourselves. We always <laughs> believe that we have to solve the problem ourselves before we try to solve it for anybody else. So we actually put together and live a life that is out on the road where we can work with a laptop and a cell phone anywhere in the world. And we deal with all the struggles and issues that come along with that. But we wanted to make sure we could do it first before we ever presented it to anybody else. I'm kind of an engineering type and I want to make sure everybody can drive across the bridge, not just one car. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I got to say, John, I love that. And what I really appreciate is, first of all, noting how both you and Trina, you came from jobs of service to begin with. And I really love that, you know, being a teacher mm-hmm. being on, the, on the police force, those are already um yeah, they are founded on being of service, which I absolutely love. And then I also am just sitting here in awe that you have, you so far in the, in the 10 minutes I've met, known you, I am, I am (laughs) overwhelmed by the, how you are the epitome of you, you got an idea and you run with it. I mean, it's just like, all right, let's do it, you know, and that is, that alone is inspirational, I believe, because how many people out there listening and how many people have you spoken with in your own careers and now your jobs as consultants um, who have these dreams, who have these desires, who are faced with challenges or tragedies, and then they don't know how to pick themselves up again or take that first step. So, Let's dive into that because there you obviously are, you have engineered it. You are becoming the experts in this already because you are out there living it, walking it. Um, so how do we do that in our lives? How do we take this either challenge, struggle, tragedy, turning and then turn it into a success, a success story? And, and how, I'm going to kind of bunch a few questions together so you can answer whatever feels most uh, uh, alive for you is, the other piece of that is 
you know, how do we go from zero to 90 or from sitting on the couch to starting our own business, right? What is it, what does it take to do this? Yeah, those are the questions, Amanda. I mean, it really is the stuff that people are thinking about. They, we all have these dreams. We all have these ideas and these feelings in the back of our mind of, I should be doing this or I want to accomplish that in our life, but most people don't do it. Well, for me, I grew up with a father who was a great provider. Uh, he worked 33 and a half years for the U.S. government in the Forest Service. Um, and he spent his entire life showing up at work every day with the idea that he would retire as soon as he was possibly able to and that he was going to serve and do his job as best as he could. And then he would spend time with his family as soon as he was retired. So when he, uh, when, when he got to retirement age, um, he actually gave away over two years of sick time that he never took and another year of vacation time that he never even got paid out for because they had already paid him the max. If that gives you any idea of how much time he spent at work. Mm -hmm. And we were so excited when he finally retired that we'd get to spend time with him. And, uh, of course, two years after that, um, he was diagnosed with a brain tumor and he passed away <sighs> and, uh, devastating to us because we'd looked forward our whole life. You know, we, he had trained us. The, the whole thing was sacrifice now so that you can live later. And, uh, gosh, the, the plan didn't work out very well. And as I started to share that story with people, I heard more and more and more stories of people that had really lived their whole life doing something that they did just for the money or just for the benefits and never tapped into that deep inner purpose that they were here on earth for in the first place. And so as that hit home with me and I started to see this develop in our family where we had, you know, he'd given me the same advice, go get a government job. That's why I was in the police department. And that's why Trina was teaching. Um, we had, we had already set our life on that path and I went, well, wait a minute, we can't continue to do this. We have to live our life now. Mm. So you know, we could have swung to the other side, the, the YOLO side. You only live once, right? But I thought that, that can't be right either. You can't just live for the day. So how does this work? How do we put this together? And it came back for us to finding our life's purpose. And I was very, very fortunate to uh, be part of a training and coaching program that kind of um, cut at the edges of how to find your life purpose. And it really got me excited in, in that if, if I knew where I was going to go, where I wanted to end up, then I could reverse engineer my life so that I could get to that point. So that's what we've really worked on and developed. And, and it's the key and cornerstone to everything that we teach is we have to find our life purpose first. And we've developed some amazing exercises that go together in, in our program stories to success that allow people to very quickly, I mean, in the matter of a week, go from having no idea what your life purpose is or just a vague idea to having it locked in so solid, you're ready to sign up for it for the rest of your life. Mm. And when you have that purpose, that's what makes you leap out of bed every morning. That's what makes you overcome those little hurdles that stop us from doing things. It kills procrastination. It eliminates self-doubt. When you know that purpose, you can move on. And that's how we were able to come on our trip and you know, when we sold our house uh, to come on this trip, we just called an estate sale company and said, sell everything and sell the house. And we gave them the keys and we went on the road because we already knew what we were supposed to be doing and headed out. That's how powerful having your life purpose is. That is amazing. So inspiring. <laughs> that word probably a thousand times on this episode. Um, I, <laughs> and out of pure 
just um, curiosity. I, I want to pass it over to Trina here for a second because what? I, hearing that, John actually just was like, oh my gosh, like literally walking away and <laughs> here you go. I mean, that's amazing. I, I can say I've done that on such a much smaller scale. I left a 400 square foot apartment, not a 4,000 square foot house. <laughs> but, but nonetheless, that just I, made yours a little bit less work. <laughs> <laughs> that's, right, that's right. It took a lot less time probably, but, um, but I'm cur- curious now. Okay. So that is amazing. So everyone listening, you're like, holy cow. So we, of course, we're giving you, we're giving you the resources for how to do this yourself, right? So that's why you're going to reach out to these amazing individuals. Um, but Trina, I, I am curious even here where it's, so can you also summarize or expound on or maybe add to what's already been said in terms of then what is your purpose? I mean, yours specifically or yours as a family as you see it. Like, what are you guys out here right now doing as you would say it? Okay, that's that's an awesome question. And and for us going through specifically looking and as we created our own program, just looking at all of the life stories that we had and experience, for me, I was always helping people. And I think people really feel called to do that anyway. Everybody wants to help someone else in a bigger way. And and for me, I was always great at teaching, like looking at what people were good at and helping encourage them. And John and I both have just always been great at creating startup businesses. We just think like that. We think of ideas and we see how to get it together and we're great at organizing it and getting that out to people. So we really help our clients to um, put together their specific strategies and be able to create an income off of what they really love to do. And so it's looking at their training, looking at their life experiences, looking at their stories. And for me, my dad was a real estate appraiser growing up. So I was very used to that entrepreneur life. (laughs) I know what that takes as a wife. And I've thought about that too, of just helping women so that they can encourage their husbands if they have um, that type of relationship. But it's thinking outside the box. It is service. It is really looking at your life experiences and building on that. And so for me, I taught in public education for 10 years and I was also an educational consultant. I still do that work for 20 years, helping train adults. And so it took a while for me to see that, oh, I can still teach. I'm just not doing it in a traditional setting, right? Hmm. And so for homeschooling our son, like Wyatt has type 1 diabetes, which is an autoimmune disease. So he was getting sick constantly at school and I was pretty much homeschooling him anyway. And so going through this purpose program, I learned that I can teach my children anywhere. The world is literally our classroom. So we teach them at national parks and monuments and presidential libraries and teach them how everywhere we go, we can make feel like home. And we found that a lot of adults wanted that too. They didn't want to just be stuck in a traditional job anymore. So we kind of help them get their business going on the side based on all their life experiences that they don't necessarily have a degree for. It's just their experience and their upbringing. And we help them see how they can start sharing their knowledge by teaching others in a very specific way so that they can create the life that they actually want. If they want more time and location freedom, we help them with that. If they want a traditional brick and mortar building, we can help them with that. Or if they want to teach like we do anywhere with a coaching call once a week with a cell phone, that's an option for people that most people have never even thought about. I love that. It, it's so cool to me how, again, you're you're pulling on what are the strengths we already have. And I love also because so often, and this has come up multiple times in different conversations where 
that, you know, there's that imposter syndrome or who am I, or I don't have the degree in that, or I don't have the certification. And I love, I mean, that's really standing out to me right now based on everything you said, Mm -hmm. because I love that you can help people go back to what do you already know? What, and and maybe you didn't study it, but guess what? You've been doing it for 10 years or you have this. I love that. I love that. Absolutely. And Amanda, I just want to add to that. I run into this with my clients on a daily basis of the imposter syndrome, or I don't feel like I have enough value in the world. And we've narrowed it down to one specific thing. Anytime somebody's feeling imposter syndrome or feeling like they don't have enough value to offer to the world, it's because they're trying to find their identity. And we were all taught this, you know, psychology taught us this, school taught us. The worst question in the world to me is, what do you want to be when you grow up? Because it pigeonholes you into an identity. I'm only a doctor. I'm only a lawyer. I'm only a police officer, whatever it is. Well, what I teach all of my clients all the time, and this solves it for everybody almost immediately, it's so exciting to watch it happen, is if you stop looking for an identity and realize that you are an individual then all of your gifts can come forward because you're not like anybody else. And that's your value is that you're not like anybody else. And it's really a beautiful thing to watch happen. It's a beautiful thing to hear and feel. Wow. And I think that's so incredible as I think about how often you're right, we do pigeonhole ourselves or we get locked in or, I mean, here we are talking to each of you and you each have now had, I mean, how many quote unquote jobs or careers, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, and yet I'm sure there's still that common denominator and that's what we for, that's what we lose sight of. And I feel like I can relate to that. I mean, I'm on like career number four right now and I'm not saying it's ever going to stop. I'm just going to keep going wherever I'm being guided to follow my purpose. And I know what my purpose is and that purpose then shows up in a number of different ways. So I love that you bring people back to it in that very succinct way. Yeah. And it really is bringing them back to it. I mean, it's not like they're discovering something new that's never been there. It's been there all along the way. Your purpose is part of your life, whether you like it or not. You can either, you know, adjust to it and find it and live it and use it as a strength, or you can do like most people do and chase opportunity after opportunity that actually pulls you away from your purpose and then wonder why you never got there. Well, for me, I'd rather get on the path and stay there. It's a lot more fun. Yeah. And just see where you're led. So let's talk a little bit more about the, you know, you talk about turning challenges into success stories. And it, you know, we've already covered a major one in terms of kind of where this all stemmed from, where it started and and has grown from. Can you share any more anecdotes about that or things either that you've seen in your own life or the lives of your clients where this, because again, I think a lot of us, it's one thing to hear, yeah, 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 I've heard that, you know, I've heard that a thousand times. And then there's another thing to experience it or to feel it. So help us paint that picture a little bit more for us in terms of how you've done that or how you've seen others do that in their lives. Sure. Well, and one I wanted to share, like, like around with Wyatt, you know, he was four when he was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. And I struggled for a long time with that because I'm a pretty type A, always was able to achieve anything I wanted. And that just hit me so hard. I literally felt like the floor just dropped out from under me. And I had always wanted to be an author. I really struggled with the grief side of type 1 diabetes, which not a lot of people talk about. Um, And I wrote a book called Can't Diabetes, and it's the highs and lows of raising a type 1 diabetic child. 
And we as a family worked to get Wyatt into studies. And so for six years, we were very diligent working with Stanford and also um, St. Louis Children's Hospital. And Wyatt now is wearing technology that he actually helped advance for six years. And it helped empower him. And just part of this journey, you know, him figuring out his purpose instead of being a victim to this, he's literally spoken on stages in Hollywood. He's sung about this. He leads, he's doing an inspirational YouTube series now. And just as his mother, to see him really own this and as part of this journey, just see him be more confident in it. You know, as a parent, I think that's what we all want for our children is for them to embrace who they are and do better with whatever challenges they have. So that's been kind of neat for me and just as a healing process for our family. Um, So that's kind of just one thing I wanted to share, something that was a struggle that now has been a success for us in sharing that message of hope and courage and that we can do hard things. And before I pass it over and see if John has to add to that, I I do want to ask Trina as a follow-up, what is it about either you or even Wyatt that in a sense, like, what do you think it took? And I know John said something earlier, it took him from seeing it happening to you to happening for you as a family. Um, Is what else was your like, what did you have to shift either from a mindset perspective, from a belief perspective? Um, what were you hearing, learning, feeling that allowed that shift to happen? Because again, it is a choice how we see these things, right? So instead of why it's seeing this as a challenge and maybe not doing something with it, he's turning this into a platform or you turned it into a platform, right? To share hope and inspiration. But what was it that got you to that point? Yeah, that's a great question. And it took a lot of looking and I didn't really have a coach to help me through that besides my awesome husband, who's my (laughs) best coach. We designed these programs because we saw, wow, if we went through this, other people have similar challenges as well. And it really took us seeing that while we were creating our life and it was a pretty good life, this challenge for us when Wyatt got diagnosed, it was actually an upgrade for our entire life. And looking to see how was this actually a blessing? You know, how could the hardest thing that ever happened to us be the best thing ever? And so we've worked with our kids to see that. And even on this tour, we never would have went on this tour. You know, we we were fine. We were running our photography business. We had our family. But when that happened with Wyatt, we felt empowered to take that challenge and realize, wow, if this is this hard for us, how many other people are struggling with something on a daily basis that happened to them? And instead of living as victims with this, how can we make this the best thing ever? So, you know, for us, we've taken on challenges like taking our kids to Europe twice now and having to go overseas with, you know, a whole backpack of medical supplies. And um, we just keep pushing ourselves to say, how can we grow from this? And what can we learn? So I think really looking for all the learning and the blessings and being grateful for those struggles that do come to us in life, it just helps us feel more empowered. Wouldn't you say, John, it just helps us feel stronger. And then we're we're living out of gratitude and abundance instead of this fearful victim mentality. Yeah, I absolutely agree, Trina. And, you know, one of the things that we coach our clients to understand is that life is made up of basically three things. There's freedoms, there's barriers, and there's purposes. And we've talked a lot about purpose already and how important it is to find your purpose. That's what keeps you moving and going forward. But then what happens to most of us is we immediately run into barriers, something that's going to stop us from getting to our purpose. 
Now, I don't know about you, but for me, most of my life, I viewed a barrier as something that was the enemy, something that stopped me from doing what I wanted to do, something that I should avoid and try to resist. Well, the big shift came when I realized that a barrier, that something, a a block, something that's preventing me from moving forward isn't necessarily a bad thing. Most of the time, you can step up close to that barrier and confront it and look at it and find out how it gives you more freedom. And when you understand the rules, when you understand the barriers, that allows you to move with more freedom. So a perfect example of this is like the speed limit when you're driving down the highway. You know, we've all been on a road where the speed limit seems like it's too low. You're driving 25 and you're looking at the road going, hey, I could do 35 in here, no problem. Well, if you step outside of that barrier, you're going faster now, but chances are pretty high a police officer like I used to be is going to give you a ticket. (laughs) Um, And it's going to take away your freedoms, right? But if you stay within that barrier, if you stay within that boundary, then you're able to have all the freedom to drive up and down that road as many times as you want to do it. And so that's how we learn to embrace our barriers, embrace things like why it being diagnosed to type one or like my parents dying within 10 months of each other from cancer. We learn to look at those as, okay, here's a barrier that seems like it's going to stop us from our purpose. But what is the upgrade that we get from that? How do we make our life better because this has happened? And when you can learn to switch your story really quickly like that from instead of feeling sorry for yourself or feeling beat down about it to just looking at, okay, so where's the blessing here? Where's the upgrade? Then it really helps you to move and progress in a very quick manner. And that's how we're able to accomplish as much as we do. So we boiled all this down to a really cute little thing that we say to ourselves all the time. And this is when we succeed, we celebrate. When we fail, we look for the upgrade. And with that mindset, we're able to take almost anything that happens to us in our life and immediately turn it into a victory. And that's a really fun way to live. Yeah, it is. Well, thank you (laughs) both for sharing that. Um, Trina, did you have anything to to add on after John shared what he did? Um, Just the piece, the part that was just prompted on my heart was, you know, for me, I used to struggle with migraines really bad. And for it was when I was just feeling like a victim, you know, when I felt like I couldn't do anything about my circumstance. And I was, I was just feeling really isolated and sad. And I, I don't operate well out of that mode. I don't think anybody does. Um, and so when I could look at the, the joy out of this, like I still have my son, you know, I'm so grateful for your insulin. I'm so grateful for every amazing family that we've met and doctors and the people that um, throughout this journey, you know, that just want to be a part of our story. And even you, Amanda, just connecting with you, like for me, it gives me a way to reach out to people and say, how can we make a bigger impact in the world? Because that's part of my mission, you know, is to help our clients capitalize on their skills and talents to make a bigger impact in the world. And so really, I love growing leaders, just like I'm doing with my children, who are going to be a positive influence with other people. And Um, one of my cousins would always tell me, she'd say, you know, every challenge everyone is given in this world, if you put them all in a giant pile, you would still pick your own. (laughs) Like you can look and see how, you know, it's really, it's rough. I'm not going to say I didn't sleep for about eight years getting up and checking my son's blood sugar every two hours all night. Um, But there are people who have things so much worse. And so I'm just, I'm grateful for my struggle in embracing that. Now it, it makes me a stronger person. And, and my headaches have went, you know, I, I rarely get a migraine now because I'm living empowered instead of feeling like I couldn't do anything about this. Does that make sense? 
Totally. And I just love, <laughs> I love what both of you had said. And, and thank you for bringing it back to that, Trina, where you're right. When we live in a victim mentality, uh, I mean, we are attracting more of that to us, right? I mean, we, we really, instead of focusing on the blessings, the gratitudes, the, the lessons, the, you know, how can, you know, again, I love John, what you said about when it's a, you know, a success, we celebrate when we fail, we <laughs> say we upgrade because immediately you're right. You're taking, whatever it is, and you're turning it into a quote-unquote positive, you're turning into an, turning it into an opportunity or a gift. And when we focus on gifts and opportunities, we attract more gifts and opportunities into our lives. And so I love that that's what you are, you are living and that you are uh, leading by example and that you are teaching others to do. So with this, I would love to pivot to our final questions. And I ask this of all of my guests to better understand what it is that inspires you. Because again, I am very inspired by you. I imagine many of our listeners Mm -hmm. are as well. And so now to get a little bit more in terms of um, what has served as inspiration for you along your journey. And so the first, I have three questions. And the first is, who is a source of inspiration for you and why? Well, for me, that's a very easy question, Amanda. Um, I my biggest source of inspiration in my life. Um, I, when I was a kid, I said it was my father, and he was. But I realized as I got older um, that my father exemplified and showed me exactly how God treated us in our life, and exactly how He expected us to behave. And so, God and Jesus Christ are my inspiration for everything that I do in this world, and they're the ones that give me the gifts. They're the ones that help me understand how to create my mess into my message in this world and turn these things into wonderful experiences and to help other people. And if I can do anything to bring more glory to them through the work that I do, that's my inspiration and my goal in life. Yeah. And, and me, same thing, a hundred percent. I mean, that's, there's nothing in life that we will ever go through that's going to be as hard as what our Savior went through for us. And so that's always my frame of reference and believing that God really wants us to have joy. So looking for the joy in whatever circumstances we go through um, is huge. And that, that's a big part of our story of why we decided to go on this journey too, because John literally asked the question, Lord, what more can I do? And you remember the scripture, John, that kept it literally the scripture was showing up in fortune cookies on walls. It was like everywhere we went about laying everything down. That's right. It's the parable <laughs> of the rich man and, and the rich man comes to Jesus and asks, Lord, what more should I do in my life? I've done everything you've asked me. I've kept all the commandments. And Christ says to him, you know, if, if you want to be perfect, if you want to grow and be perfected, you need to sell everything you have, give to the poor and come and follow me. And that was really the main inspiration for our trip and the way we did things uh, so quickly and the way we did is we just put all of our faith in God and said, Lord, we're going to do it your way. We're going to sell everything. We gave most of what we had to the poor and we headed out on the road to make our life. You know, it's not like we started this trip with millions of dollars in our pocket or anything. We started out very, very humble. We live in a 33 foot fifth wheel. That's our, that's our circumstance and what we do, but we've made an amazing living and we've made more money back so that we can donate more and more and more as we've been on this journey. And it's Mm -hmm. because God continues to bless us for being faithful. 
And we literally, there's not like a plan set for this 50 state tour. We honestly pray about where we're going to go. And then it's just amazing spots open. Like I have to do a blessing book because places open up when they say, we, we don't have reservations. You know, people are a year out and then they're like, but a spot open for you for a week. And I'm, that just happens over and over. Everywhere we go. We're exactly where we need to be, where we meet people and connect and are able to help people. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. And that is how I believe life is meant to unfold for us. Absolutely. For, for all of us and anyone listening, like this is, this is available to each and every one of us, despite, uh, and I will say, despite your religion or your faith, because at the end of the day, it is the, we can all have this. We can all have this. And I so appreciate you sharing it from your perspective and from your faith and your belief system because that's so empowering and that's so inspiring to others. So thank you. That's amazing. That was just the first question. Here we go. Two more. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) What place or activity, this will be interesting actually, what place or activity (laughs) most inspires you right now? Oh, without a doubt for me, it's coaching. Um, you know, I had a coaching call yesterday. We, we typically, when we set up our our coaching business, um, and train our clients, they end up doing one group call a week for two hours a week. And that's how we make the bulk of our money, believe it or not. We'll get 10 or 20 clients in on that call and they're paying about $2,000 a piece to show up on that call. And uh, so we make a lot of money in a big hurry, but the exciting part about it for me is not the money. The exciting part is getting to watch these people's lives change and watch them take control of their value in their life and then offer that value to all of their friends, to all of their acquaintances, but most importantly, to the people that they don't even know yet. We teach them how to reach out. You know, I was never a big believer in selling a bunch of stuff to my friends right away. I mean, if if they're inspired and they see things, great, they can jump in, but you can't build a business just on the people that are already your friends. You have to be able to reach out and make new friends and new clients from people all over the world. And so as I saw one of my, one of my clients, Rob come in the other day to our group and start to talk to me. Um, He was at a place in his life where he was really kind of sad and not willing to reach out, not willing to do things. Um, And instead now he's fired up and he's bringing 20 new people a week into his group getting excited about sharing the things that he's doing with the world and he's changing lives all over the place. So I've gotten to a place now where in my coaching, I can coach one person and that reaches out and reaches another 200 people or another 2000 people. And so we're watching this multiply and we're watching this grow all across the country and really now all across the world. Um, And it's a very exciting movement to be a part of. So there's really nothing I would rather do than live my life and do my job every single day because it helps me to feel better every single day. Imagine going to work every day and having more energy when you're done. That's the life we get to live and that's the life our clients live. Love it. (laughs) And for me, I think the part is, um, a huge part of our message too, is we coach personal excellence through outdoor experiences. And so just the memories I'm getting to make with my kids, like, when I was teaching full time, I missed Wyatt. I couldn't do it for longer than two years after he was born because I just missed him so much. And so now I don't have to miss my kids anymore. I get to teach and coach and help others. And like the other day, we went out to make a training video and we literally were driving to the top of this mountain and sliding in the snow. And it was just epic, you know, watching waterfalls and, and seeing deer. And, 
and we all got to have that shared memory and we made some training videos. And so just having that integrated life where I don't feel like I have to give up my time with my kids in order to learn or, you know, to earn a paycheck anymore. And I get to have a shared vision with my husband. So that makes our marriage stronger and better. And just seeing that ripple effect, like with the 50 Days of Success Challenge, you know, we created that purely to serve people because yes, we have our paid coaching programs, but we really wanted the ability to never have to say no to somebody who needed help. So that's why we recorded those 50 days. And it's just cool because there's over 600 people doing that in the background and we created that and it just continues to help people. So that's for me, like I'm only 5'4", but I feel like my personality is like 10 feet tall and we just get to help people everywhere we go. So that's, that lights me up. That is so cool. Oh, love it, love it, love it. <laughs> All right, last question. And this is for the readers of the group. And this is because I am a, pro- well, was a prolific reader and books really, for me, served as pivotal points on my journey. So I'm just, I love finding out if other other guests uh, have books that they might recommend. And so the question is, if, if there was one book that you could share that has inspired you on your journey. Ooh, that's a tough one. Um, <laughs> I read 300 books in one year, so I got a <laughs> lot of them that I can pick from. Um, <laughs> I was say, I, I finally dumped you. Hold on. I, the other ones came out too easily. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I... My my initial response is, of course, the Bible. Um, all of life's, life's lessons are in there. Um, it teaches me everything that I need and inspires me every step of the way. However, I'm not always smart enough to understand what's in the Bible. <laughs> and so I use other books to help me get there. And I'll tell you right now, my favorite, the one that is the tiniest little book that just seems like it's a nothing book that means everything in the world to me, is a book called Managing Oneself by Peter F. Drucker. And we have a saying, you know, that, that in our business that I am made for more and the more and I am made for more is managing oneself results in excellence. Mm. And that's what we really stand for. That's what we're really all about is let's make ourselves whole. Let's take control of our lives. Let's use our value to help other people in the world as much as we possibly can. And that little book from Peter F. Drucker, Managing Oneself is a fantastic book that I read at least three times a year, whether I need it or not. Mm, awesome. <laughs> That's really funny because those were exactly the books I was going to say. So, um, From both of them. I mean, I always go to Proverbs. That seems to be my place in the Bible that I love to draw specific wisdom from. But then that book, it's just the tiniest book, but it is such a huge, impactful book because of what it teaches. And then I don't know what, it's okay. Childhood, childhood book, right? But the book, The Giving Tree mm. is such a deep story. But the reason I'm going to say that is because I think people miss in that story, the tree gave and gave and gave until it had nothing left. And we teach people to put their mask on first, because if you don't take care of yourself, you don't have anything left to give. And so for me, it kind of serves as a reminder because I used to be that way. I would give and give and give until I had nothing left. But it wasn't until I had the shift of reading that book called Managing Oneself that I found really, I have to keep myself number one in my life and take care of myself and continue to learn and grow. I can't just give anything, everything I have away and expect to keep pouring into and helping people. So Mm -hmm. I love those books very much. So thanks for sharing those too, John. Yeah. 
Thank you to both. I, I actually hadn't, um, I haven't heard of, well, I've heard of the Bible. So <laughs> I wasn't going to say that. I've heard of that one. I have not heard of managing oneself. So that's, I always love hearing new new books come up. Um, and the giving tree, I, that may have been mentioned before. Of course, I'm familiar with it. And I really love, Trina, how you talk about the, that because it's what's beautiful about that is I'm I'm listening to both of you speak on in this episode and you are obviously givers I mean you you are here to serve you are here to give you are here to help you are here to inspire and obviously you have done some work to ensure that you are not um, that you are taking care of yourself first so that you can give more and that's such an important reminder to all of us so thank you for ending on that note really beautiful. You're welcome. This has been a delight, and I am uh, thrilled that you reached out, um, that you, that we were connected by a, a, a mutual friend who I also hold very dear to my heart, and um, she's been on the show, of course, and she's out doing amazing things. So I'm so grateful that we found each other um, via her, and that you guys are out doing your work in the world as you're doing it. This is incredible, and so of course you. Uh, let's see, you said you're two years in, right? So you've got. Um, what, a couple years left? Is that is my math right there? <laughs> well, that's wonderful. I look forward to seeing how this this travels um, these travels unfold for you. And of course, everyone out there listening right now, if something that John or Trina said today sparked um, some inspiration in your own heart, or something lit up as you spoke as they spoke about it. Be sure to go out, find them, um, connect with them, follow their journey, get their books. Um, we'll make sure that we have links here in the show notes, but you can find them on social media at John and Trina Gunzel. That's J-O-N and Trina, T-R-I-N-A, Gunzel, G-U-N-Z-E-L. Their name's in the episode here. And then you could also find them online at 50daysofsuccess.com. Com. Again, we'll link to those so you can be sure to follow along their journey. Get your, um, get it, become a part of their their free uh, challenge. That's a great way to learn much more about what we've been talking about today. Uh, grab their books and then, of course, reach out if you have any other questions or you want even more support from them. John and Trina, thank you so much for giving of your time and your insights and your wisdom and your inspiration today. Thank you so much, Amanda. It was wonderful to be on your show, and we're very, very glad to be a part of what you're doing. Thank you for having us. It was a blessing to meet with you. Absolutely. And all of you listening, thanks for taking a little time out of your days to be inspired, to be reminded of who you truly are, um, and then to go out and find a way to turn your challenges into a success story of your own. Thanks for listening. Make sure you've subscribed if you haven't already so you are notified of the other amazing episodes that I have the pleasure of hosting. And until next time, many blessings.